welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. Welcome, everyone. How's it going today? Well, as promised, I'm going to be talking about the Wonderland Trail, which is the trail that goes around Mount Rainier. It's a 93-mile trail. I'm going to be talking about how I did that with a couple of friends in three days. Now, if you're going to be doing this trail, there's some important things that you should know. So I'm going to be telling you how you can actually accomplish this on your own. And I'm going to be giving you the story of how it went for us. And some of the things, the bumps along the way, and some things that I would change if I were to do it again. So here we go. This isn't going to follow a very conventional format as the usual or the podcast usually do. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into things here. So if you're going to be doing the Wonderland Trail, the first thing you got to do is you have to get a pass. And what that is is a permit for camping, essentially. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to link up to that on this blog post. So you can find the information at allaroundjoe.com slash wonderland and look for that link to where you can apply for your trail pass slash permit. Once you do that, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, if you get picked, you'll be good to go, and you can do the trail. But they don't pick everybody, so just keep that in mind that they do not pick everybody. There is a way around that where you can go and do day hikes and camp at the drive-in camping spots. But if you need information on that, go ahead and shoot me an email at joeatallaroundjoe.com. That is not how we did it. We got our permit to do the Wonderland Trail in three days. Most of the rangers thought we were crazy, but uh, we did it that way anyway. So the first thing I want to talk about when we get started, when you're doing something like the Wonderland Trail in three days, you've got to be moving pretty fast. And in order to move fast, it's very nice if you don't have to carry all of your gear with you, right? So what we did is we had a couple of people, a couple of crew members that met us at our camp each night and helped us not only having our gear with us, but helped us get set up, get food ready and all that fun stuff. I'd like to give a big shout-out thank you to my mom and her friend Jan, who were those two support angels for us on the trail. Made everything about our trip that much easier. So, like I said, those people just help you out. You're able to carry just the food and essential first aid things that you would need on the trail, and you can move as fast as possible. You're not overloaded with the pack and all that fun stuff. So it's a certain type of, of hiking slash running that, that you may or may not want to do. That's how I, I usually like to do it because you move faster and you can have the food that you really want to because there's somebody with a cooler that has that stuff kept cold and all that, all the good stuff. But I can understand if you want to put everything on your pack and move move that way as well. It's just going to be a little bit harder on your body. You're probably not going to be able to move as fast, which is going to cost you more time. So, just a little bit of a look into what we brought with us as the day hikers, or as we looked into this whole project, is we made sure that we had camelbacks on our back, so a larger camelback that would help hold a good amount of food and a good amount of water. I recommend that you get at least an 80 or 100 uh, ounce water bladder for the camelback that you're going to be using. And make sure that you get a SteriPin. So what that does is it, it zaps the water 
and makes it so it's drinkable. While you're out on the trail, you just find a running stream that looks pretty clean, and you fill up your Nalgene, zap that water, pour it into your Camelback, and you're good to go. So you got your Camelback. Make sure that you bring multiple pairs of shoes because you never know if the shoes that you're liking are going to con- you're going to continue to like them or you're going to not feel so good about them. Uh, I brought three different pairs of shoes with me, um, all personal preference on the shoes, and like same with shoes, lots of socks, bring very comfortable underwear, don't wear cotton, I do not recommend that, it will make you chafe, um, I like ex officio uh, underwear, it's great for anti-chafing, but also make sure you bring the chafing cream, because even if you think you're not going to, you will, fun fact, <laughs> um, you're going to want to have a Leatherman headlamp camera, I've got a funny story about the camera, and a trail map compass, like I mentioned earlier, an Algin water bottle that's just hooked onto your pack, and some sort of ibuprofen or biofreeze for those sort, those aching muscles. That is a definitely, definitely something that came into use that I was not necessarily expecting. Then what we had for food, uh, lots of Lara bars. Those are great trail mix. We basically made... Uh, Made all of our stuff, our stuff from, or got all of our stuff from Trader Joe's, I should say. Um, like the dried mangoes, chocolate covered espresso beans to give yourself a little bit of boost. Lots of beef jerky, noon. Uh, electrolyte tabs are great, and then some sandwiches, which is also what we brought in those bags. It's pretty much whatever you feel like would taste good on the trail and will fit in your bag. Go ahead and throw it in there, and it will. It will benefit you, um, especially if you like what that's going to taste like. Also, note that you probably won't like what tastes good on the first day and the last day. So make sure you have a variety of things that you can choose from, and you'll be a much happier camper or hiker, trail runner, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and let's see, what did we bring with our or pack with our support crew? So this is something you got to think about uh, for a quick second is if you're driving in to start the trail and your support crew is going to meet you that night, you're going to have to have two different sets of, of uh, clothes and that type of stuff. So you're going to have to have the set of clothes that you're going to want to wear for the trail that day and that last day night when you get in there. It's kind of hard to think about that, but then everything else that you want to have in between is going to be with your support crew. So you're going to need double toothbrushes, um, double pair of, uh, change of clothes, that type of stuff, um, both with your support crew and in, on yourself when you start that trip. But the gear that we put it through or gave to our support crew was 10 sleeping bags, uh, a sweatshirt, some pants to wear at night because it gets cold, a bunch of socks, a bunch of underwear, like I said, some shoes. Also, make sure that you bring some flip-flops or something that's super comfy to wear because you will want something that doesn't feel like a trail shoe when you're at camp. A bunch of t-shirts, camping stove was great addition, a bunch of bottles of propane just in case you don't want to run out while you're out there, a cooler, silverware, Tupperware, Ziploc bags, uh, wet wipes, Wet wipes was a great addition. You get to day two and you feel like dirty as can be, and it feels great to have even just a wet wipe shower. A few extra gallons of water, some toilet paper, and towels. So that's what we brought, what the gear was. And then the food that we decided to bring or have our sport crew uh, chip in or ta- 
drive-in for us, and the cooler was uh, we used a bunch of sausages, some sweet potatoes, string cheese, juice, chocolate milk. Um, we just eggs for breakfast. Some Trader Joe's Indian food. I don't know if you tried that, but it's very good. I highly recommend it. My mom made some paleo coconut flour chocolate chip cookies, which were a hit on day two. So if you want that recipe, shoot me an email. I'll get that over to you. And that's about it. We did those those things a couple of uh, nights and a couple of mornings, and they were fantastic. It worked really, really good. And I'm going to say it again. I highly, highly recommend you get that support crew to help you out with that because it was so nice. I mean, just imagine this. Imagine going out on the trail. You're hiking. Tons of elevation change. It seems like you're just going up a mountain, down a mountain, up a mountain, down a mountain, over and over again. It really doesn't feel like it stops. And then you're just cannot believe that you're still out there the sun's starting to go down you're moving on the trail your body feels like it's been hit by a truck you don't know if you can go on anymore you don't know how you're gonna do the next day because you have another day or two ahead of you and you slowly somehow stagger into camp when you get there your body is aching and Lo and behold, your support crew doesn't feel the same way at all. <laughs> it's so nice when you run into people that feel the exact opposite you do. They're energized. They're smiling. They're happy to see you. They can't believe that you just did what you did. They want to know all about it. They're super stoked to talk to you, and your energy level completely changed. You go from, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this next day to, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Then you look around near your campsite. Your tent is up. Your sleeping bag and sleeping pad are ready to go. I even had chocolate on my pillow the first night. Thank you, Jan. And then the food is already getting cooked. It gets cooked for you. You just give your input. You eat it. You're like this machine that's just getting refueled and ready to go. Then you go to bed. You get up in the morning feeling kind of rested, pretty sore, but kind of rested. Then you eat again and just take off. Your support crew packs all the things up for you and they meet you that night with the same setup that you had the night before. How awesome does that sound? Let me tell you, that is a deal breaker or a game changer, if you will, right there. Do that. I highly recommend it. They even have some support crews that I've heard of that you can hire if you don't have any people that will do that for you or that are just too busy. But yeah, you can hire people to do it for you. I'm not sure uh, exactly. I don't have the the name of the company right now, but if you shoot me an email, joedollandjoe.com, I'll hunt that down for you and figure it out who those people are that you can hire. So that was the planning for the Wonderland Trail. I should also quickly note that we stayed that first night at the Whitaker Motel and Bunkhouse. That was what led us into, so another part of the planning, we had to set up our reservation for the Whitaker Motel and Bunkhouse, which I have in the show notes at the blog at allaroundjoe.com slash wonderland what I would recommend, what I wouldn't recommend, all that fun stuff. So we started off our day by getting up at the Whitaker Bunkhouse, and then we headed into the park bright and early. 
Our first day was the Longmire Ranger Station, or that's where we got our pass at the Longmire Ranger Station. Then we moved, excuse me, 32 miles on that first day to the Moich Lake Campground. That was day one. Longmire to Moich Lake Campground. There's a lot of up and down elevation change. Get ready for that. If you're going to be training for this, I highly recommend that you do a lot of elevation, some downhill running, even just to get those joints, knees, and muscles ready for that type of feeling. As you're getting going, even before you think it's necessary, make sure that you're drinking lots of water and eating lots of food. You don't want to get to the point where you feel thirsty or you feel hungry. Literally, trust me on this one. Eat before you feel hungry and drink before you feel thirsty. Don't even wait. Also, since you have that SteriPin with you, right? Whenever you have a chance and you think that your pack might need some water in it and you encounter a river, go ahead and stop, fill it up, zap that water, and make sure that you're all you're topped off. Because you don't want to find yourself in a place, although I didn't have this happen, you don't want to find yourself in a place where there's no water because that's going to, number one, dehydrate you for that time. But if you're going for multiple days, that's going to catch up with you. Even if you're going to replenish that water, your body's not going to feel the same. So you never want to be in a state of dehydration while you're doing an event like this. Day one was a continuation of really big uphills and downhills, up and down, up and down, up and down. So just get yourself mentally ready for zero flats. And an interesting, well, not really interesting, kind of a sad story that I had is um, my body really really felt beat up on day one. Day one was probably the worst day for me in particular, where I was starting to have some hip flexor pain, some calf pain, and I was able to deal with it But trust me, it would have been nice to have put in a little bit more time on some really intense uphills and really intense downhills. So don't forget to do the training on that. But my not-so-funny story is about mile 15 or so, we were running down this hill. Somewhere near the south, or excuse me, the North Puyallup River there. And it was raining. We were in the clouds. We were trying to make up time, and we were running back and forth on these switchbacks headed down the hill, and I caught my toe on a rock, slipped, was sliding off the edge of this switchback, somehow caught my knee backwards around a tree as I was falling down the switchback, popped back up, kept on going. It was about three more miles downhill before I realized that my iPhone had mysteriously hopped out of my pocket, and which seemed to be at that particular point. That was what we were using for all of our pictures, and that's why it was in my pocket. But not only that, it was kind of a bummer because my iPhone was going to cost a few hundred dollars to replace. But I figured that we didn't have time to go uphill three more miles and then still make it into camp with time to spare, especially not feeling so good on the hip flexor or the calf. So decided to hope that my insurance would cover it or find out a way to get another phone and just move forward and have the best time possible. But it was really sad that we had lost all the pictures that I had taken for that particular, uh, or on that iPhone. But we moved forward, we kept on trudging along, and we just pushed through. And I have to say that on that first day, the hardest part is when we were coming up that last little three-mile hill of switchbacks. Well, it wasn't really little. It was a very steep hill for three miles that led you right up into the 
the Moach Lake campground there. And that's the point where your body is feeling the worst. You probably haven't eaten as much as you should. So eat, 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 eat. And you're going uphill intensely before you hit your campground. So I remember feeling my my body was just falling apart. I was bonking a little bit. I needed more food. I needed more water. My legs didn't want to move. It felt like we should have been there hours ago. It felt like this three miles just kept on going and going and going and going. And then we actually stopped. This is a funny story. We stopped about, a, I don't know, 200 yards before the campground, but didn't realize it. So we're at the bottom, well, not the bottom, we're at 200 yards down from the campground, stopped to eat because it was like, I can't take it anymore, I need to put food in my body, I know we're close, but need to get some replenishment. So we stopped there for a few minutes, and then kept moving forward, and at that point started hearing some voices and realized how close we were to actually getting to the campsite. And let me tell you, when you pop up into that campsite, I wasn't sure if my body was going to be ready to go after only one night's sleep, but it felt so good to be there and be able to sit down and change your clothes and talk to people that were in a great mood and then get your food in you that tasted like home-cooked, warm, good meals that weren't Lara bars or sandwiches you had in your bag for hours and then be able to lay down on what we had was a foam memory foam mattress that we had brought put in our sport crew car and I highly recommend do the memory foam mattress if you can it's so much better than an irregular sleep pad in your tent and it was fantastic just lay and sleep and feel good on on that mattress for a few minutes even if it was only well a few hours but seemed like only a few minutes and we slept and slept and slept when we woke up in the morning on day two body sores can be but actually functioning better than expected. We ate breakfast and set off down the trail, and it was a huge downhill. So on this day, we were going for 26 miles, and we thought this was going to be the easiest of the days, and we were going to take it easy because we knew that we were we were going to be sore, and we were. We were very sore. But we started off on a huge downhill, and like I said, it was Moach Campground that we started at, and we were headed to White River. That 26 miles, not too much elevation change, but not too much elevation change on the Wonderland Trail is a lot of elevation change. <laughs> so we you know, moved along the trail. Bodies started to feel better, actually, as we started moving into the blood flowing. And the day kept on going and going and going. Lots of uphills, lots of downhills, very little flats, but beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scenery. I highly recommend it for the scenery. It's amazing you get out there. But I'm going to keep this going and moving along. So we we kept on working, and and for this particular day, we got to about mile 20 to 23, and then it started the downhill into the camp. So this time we got to go downhill, and that was a blessing for some of us and not so much for others. So if your knees and joints were starting to hurt you, that downhill really, really starts to feel painful. And if you're prone to that having or having the knee and joint pain, I highly recommend that you have some poles on you because those poles really help on the downhill. They help you distribute that force a little bit so you don't have the joints just pounding away. And as we moved on down that hill, is about... I don't like I said, I can't remember if it was three it was like three to six miles maybe of of moderate downhill into the White River campsite. 
And on that day, even though it was only 26 miles, we still didn't get into camp until after dark, and we had our headlamps on. Uh, fortunately, it was pretty easy downhill, meaning that there wasn't a lot of roots or rocks or technical terrain to go down. But we had those headlamps blaring and shining light on the trail before we popped into the White River Campground uh, 26 miles down the trail. White River Campground was a little bit more packed or busy than the Moich Lake Campground, so expect that, that there might be some more people in there that have driven in to hang out and camp that aren't necessarily doing too much work on the trail. But we got our food in our bellies, same routine. Um, felt great that we had some people around to cheer us up. There was actually a running water station and bathroom there, so we go and c- got cleaned up a little bit and then set off to sleep. Now, we started off day three from the White River campground, and guess what? There was a flat terrain when we started off our hike. It was the most flat that I had felt the whole Time. And it just kept on going, and it was crazy. I, I was, it was like I was hallucinating. I couldn't believe it. I knew that we were going to have some sort of like a scramble coming up after that because it, was, it just seemed like it was too flat. This particular day, we were going from the White River Campground all the way back to Longmire. A long day, 34 miles, our longest day, but we hoped it would be our easiest day from an elevation standpoint. So as we moved along, our bodies were actually feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good on day three. It was like my body was recovering, or at least I was getting really good at ignoring the pain. Sometimes that's what you got to do if you're going to keep on moving forward, and you can deal with the recovery later. But we just kept on moving forward, ups and downs. The, The flat, unfortunately, did not continue, and we did have a number of ups and downs. One of the coolest thing that we things that we saw along the whole trail was when we dropped into what was called Indian Bar. There was a huge drop into this valley that had amazing wildflowers, river, and this little place they call Indian Bar. And you could camp down there, and I do recommend that you check that out. Um, I will definitely go back and camp there. It is an amazing place, especially that time of year, the end of summer. It was just beautiful. And then you hike yourself up back out of it, which is is still continued to be beautiful. The third day from the White River Campground to Longmire was the most beautiful of the three days, I thought. Although the first day, we had a lot of bad weather, so we didn't get to see a lot when we were going from uh, Longmire to the Moage campground. So we may have missed some things on there. Don't think going to go back, knock on wood, um, to check that out. But the day three was really, really amazing. Too bad I didn't have my phone to take pictures of it. <laughs> so as we moved along, it seemed like we were keeping a pretty good pace, even though some of us weren't feeling so good. We had actually acquired some some hiking poles for that third day, which we didn't have on day one or day two, and that helped some of us a lot, especially with those downhills, like I mentioned. And we just kept moving along, moving along, moving along. We knew that we were going to end up hiking in the dark just because of the sheer number of miles that we had to we had to get through. And we just kept trudging along. It was up and down, up and down, up and down, in, until it got dark. 
And then once it got dark, we were at Paradise. When it hit dark and we started a little bit of a downhill into our starting point of Longmire. But it got dark. It got real dark. We were in the woods. It was Some of it was pretty rough downhill, but at least it was downhill. We just kept on moving down. It got to the point where we were going downhill, and we wanted an uphill because it just kept on going and going and going. And you're in the dark, and you have your headlamps on, and you hear something move off in the bushes. And the first time you hear it, you look over, but then you realize you lose your peripheral vision, and you can't see the trail anymore. So what you do after a while is when you hear something, even though it might be something large in the bushes, you just keep your head straight because you know that you're screwed either way whether you look at it or not so if something's going to get you it's going to get you either way so you just keep your head pointed straight moving down the trail making sure that you don't trip on any rocks or roots or drops that you're going to encounter on this crazy trail that heads down into Longmire there and it seemed like we were going and going and going and going and I swear some of those mile markers they don't tell the truth it seems like you're going way more than what they say And they just keep going and going and going and going. And we spent mile after mile moving through the dark with our headlamps on, just keeping moving because we knew that we were going to make it. We knew that we were almost at the end of our journey and we had to keep on going. And believe it or not, it was a little after 11 o'clock at night that we popped out into the parking lot at the Longmire Ranger Station and we were done. It was an amazing feeling to actually be done. We smelled terrible. We felt terrible. But we were done. We got a quick change of clothes. Well, not really a lot, all the clothes because we didn't have any place to shower, but just some of the sweaty nastiness that we had on us. And we headed to our hotel. We slept for hours and hours and hours and got up feeling terrible the next day. Like our body had literally been hit by a truck. It felt like that. I had one of my legs wouldn't extend all the way. My hip flexor on the right side wouldn't pick up my legs to go up the stairs. It was pretty bad. But all I knew is that we had accomplished 93 miles in three days like we'd set out to do. It was a success. And the bodies and the sore muscles... And all of that would recover. So that's the story of doing the Wonderland Trail, 93 miles around Mount Rainier in three days. Hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions, I can always be found at joeatallaroundjoe.com. Or you can comment on this particular post if you're on the blog. And I'll be happy to help you out with anything as far as planning your trip on the Wonderland Trail might go. So until the next time, have a great day. And remember, All Around Joe podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. See you later. I just want to remind you that I made something special, a free report that talks about the top five supplements that I can't live without, including my top strength supplement. If you'd like to pick that up for free, you can head over to my site at allaroundjoe.com slash
top five supplements. That's allaroundjoe.com slash top five supplements. Let me know what you think.